Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Judge Dredd, the 1995 film based on the 2000 AD comics character of the same name. It is directed by Danny Cannon and stars Sylvester Stallone in the title role. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah. Um, something about 90s action movies in general, uh, but especially 90s sci-fi action movies, just hit differently. Uh, I've always been an unabashed fan of action movies anyway, uh, growing up through the 80s and into the 90s. Uh, even to today, like John Wick, um, Jack Reacher on TV, things like that. I'm always like attuned to, but something about the aesthetic and the the way these ones were put together always appealed to me. Um, and I remember watching this when it came out. This is probably also back in the 90s. We have on uh, Discovery Channel uh, how those films were made or Behind the Magic, something like that. And the Judge Dredd episode on this movie specifically was the one that I probably watched the most. It had quite, they reran it quite often, uh, but it was also one of the most interesting. In fact, it's reasons for watching the behind the scenes on movies like Judge Dredd that my mum. Even to this day, most of the films, she's like, I, brought, I would have preferred to see how that was made than actually watching the movie. I find the <laughs> movie's dull and the behind the scenes fascinating. Uh, but yeah, uh, I have, so this, you know, has a special spot for me. Um, I mean, this was still early days CGI, so most of the stuff was still practical, which yeah, I think has a very... There's, specific look which i think enhances yeah. things of this nature i read that there's there's a shot of dread that is vfx but you you're right yeah. where it was completely vfx but majority of this film is yeah it, it is still practical effects i mean you've got the that big machine character you know and and they you're the abc warriors yeah, but like they like that big the big thing. I mean, they they built that. Yeah, that's like a very that's a practical puppet that they had to maneuver around set with the actors interacting with it like while it was there. Yeah, so that um, is Hammerstein. So to bring it to life, they were going to use a man in a suit, but director Danny Cannon insisted they build it for real. It's powered by hydraulics and controlled by five remote operators that's probably not being done that way today <laughs> they're going to be using probably cgi they're going to have that be completely yeah cgi yeah there'll be a motion capture guy on on set filling that maybe a maquette uh to get the scale for the actors eye lines things of that nature but yeah that would be 100 percent cgi these days I'm I'm shocked that Metal Man in Doom Patrol was a guy in a suit when we when we're talking about this sort of an effect. Yes. Like, and that's TV though. But, Film, yeah, they're gonna go 
CGI. But yeah, Robot Man in Doom Patrol is is fantastic. It looks fantastic, but at the same time, it does look like somebody in a suit. But that's okay because they've yeah. they've done such a good job with it. Now, I suggested that we review this, and you said yes, and I'm so glad that you did because. I mean, yeah, I remember this movie too. Like watching it late at night in the 90s. It was just, you know, watching it at home. I've always, I've liked this film. I've always liked it, but a lot of people seem to not like it. Like there's so much negativity around this movie. Most people, when you say Judge Dread movie, they don't want to talk about this one. They want to talk about the reboot, Dread from 2012 with Carl Urban. We haven't reviewed that yet. We absolutely will do at some point, but it's a different thing. I mean, other than the opening where you see Dredd put the helmet on, you don't see Carl Urban in that whole film. This movie... In fact, even that, you only see silhouettes in, like, shadow, which... It's from behind, isn't it? ...thing, because that's a huge thing in the comics. The comics have run... 40, maybe 50 years at this point. Yeah. You've and never, it, ever seen Fred's face. And apparently again, scarred just like as well. That. Apparently he's yeah, scarred. He's scarred, but also uh, you've only ever seen it in silhouette, in shots, and uh, just like the Carl Urban version. And when people heard they were making a Judge Dredd movie, the comic fans were like, oh, my God, you're doing a Judge Dredd film? They've cast Sylvester Stallone. Oh. Oh my god, he's perfect. He has the jaw, the masculinity, the voice, the build. The voice, yeah. And that but then they spent the whole movie without him wearing the helmet and it pissed those guys off, especially. Like people in general seem to like have a dislike of this movie, which I don't understand. The comic book guys not liking it. I totally get when you've got a character who has existed for like decades on decades and has never shown his face, and the first thing you do is whip that helmet off like immediately i know but they it they must do that. be it must be heartbreaking i know but they do it because it's the mid 90s one of the biggest action stars on the planet have just been cast in this movie the studio producers whoever they're not gonna have him covered up they've got stallone yeah. they want people to be able to see that they have stallone watching it again this most recent rewatch it does make sense that you do see his face because he does keep the helmet on to begin with. Like when he's out there and he's patrolling and he's doing his thing. But then when he goes on the run, well, he wouldn't wear his helmet, would he? Like he's not wearing the uniform either. No. Um, which on that sense, on that like story point, it makes sense. Cause there is, the cursed earth like we're talking you know uh, apocalyptic they've had a third world war sometime this century uh and it's gotten so messed up that they've had to walled cities uh everyone's crammed in uh they've called them mega cities because they've had they've got like these apartment complex slash office complex slash shopping malls that are they're supposed to be like miles high uh and super densely populated like like a million people in a building almost that's the concept that uh as they explain the mega city blocks um 
So it's supposed to be like, and outside of that, it's a nuclear wasteland. That's the scorched earth they talk about where, where when he goes on the run, he crashes out there. Uh, There is a famous storyline of the cursed earth. But when Judge Dredd was in that, he still had his head covered. I think, I think he actually still had the helmet because, you know, they, they explain it where they go on like the long walk. I think they actually get, their armor and stuff because they're going out to bring law to the lawless in the cursed earth, not having read the comics and unfortunately not being well versed in that. In this, it's not a, it's not yeah, a judge. This, so that's yeah. So they've taken off the trappings, which makes sense. He hasn't been, he hasn't been, he hasn't been sent on the long walk. He's supposed to be going to prison and his prison transport crashes. Um, Like he's been stripped of rank, like to be punished. Uh, and there's all, all, a whole bunch of explanation. Oh, even that stuff was what people annoyed uh, were annoyed at. I don't believe in the comics they had all the stuff with the cloning and an evil brother who he uh, he was supposed to have judged and on and on and on, which is a whole other thing. He was just supposed to be like, because of how scarred he was as a child and before he became a judge, which is why he's so, this is the law. There's no breaking the law there's no bending the law it is it is like his bible and he will and he's like black and white which is an interesting way in such a lawless area to have someone so black and white in terms of their morality um which is you know he's like batman in that like unbending way uh no no not superhuman at all just stupidly proficient with what he has which that's it the movie the costumes are phenomenal uh like it's right off the comic book page they look great to this day they um, do i mean there's there's some the, difference the iconography yeah there's some differences in the comics the judges gloves boots elbow and knee pads are green and in this film they're black but i guess they don't want it too comic booky they want it yes yeah, so it's a it's a bit simplified well i say simplified that's not the right word because the the uniforms the costumes really do look fantastic. And I shared with you that Stallone's costume in this was designed and created by Versace. Yeah. Which is crazy, but interesting to note, though, he was the only judge to wear the real deal. So Versace designed what Stallone was wearing. And then I guess everybody else is wearing what looked like what he was wearing. But it was Stallone. It was like a knockoff by his, the costume department. Yeah, but Stallone went to Versace because they wanted this to be something different, something special. And the design, the look of this world, you know, the costumes was was going to be a big part of that. Okay, let's 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 take it back, right? Reviewers criticized the film for its script and perceived lack of originality and faith to its source material along with Stallone's acting. The film is often considered to be one of Stallone's worst films, but its visual style effects, music score, stunts, and action sequences were praised, and the film was nominated for four Saturn Awards. So there's some positivity there. Now, I mentioned the director, Danny Cannon, in the opening. Now, you might recognize him from CSI. Back when CSI first started, I was across it. Las Vegas, New York, Miami. I was watching all of those. That was him. 
TV producer, director, writer, executive producer on all the CSI shows. So I knew his name from that. For Fox, he did Gotham, the DC show, from 2014, 2019. He also did Pennyworth for Epics, the Alfred Pennyworth Batman prequel show. To do this movie, he turned down the chance to direct Die Hard with a Vengeance. But making this movie, so before CSI, before Gotham, before all of that, from the sounds of it, he had a tough time on this movie. I'm a big fan of Stallone, but I think yeah. those guys on this film butted heads. I mean, I think they were making two different films. In later interviews, Stallone said he felt the film was supposed to be a comedy action film. Danny mm, Cannell didn't. Yeah. So yeah, tonally, Danny was right there. Yeah, tonally, they were all over the place. I mean, Cannon and the screenwriter, they intended it to be a darker, more satirical approach, and that did lead yeah. to many difficulties behind the scenes. Cannon was so disheartened over his constant creative disputes with Stallone that he swore he would never again work with another self-absorbed actor. I think you might be talking about Stallone there. <laughs> <laughs> he also claimed that the final version was completely different than the script due to the changes that Stallone demanded. And I'm not sure if this is true or not, but apparently Cannon was not allowed on the set for the post-production reshoots. That's the director. Oof. Ouch. Um, that sounds like it was Stallone's idea to have the Rob Schneider character, Fergie. Maybe. I mean, they they had worked together in 1993, Demolition Man. So yeah, this phenomenal film. Love no, it them. really is. But I, I, I personally, like, you know, Adam Sandler, Happy Madison, all of that, you know, Juice Bigelow, The Hot Chick. You know, I've seen a lot of Rob Schneider, but I still find it odd that in the space of a couple of years, he was in two Stallone films. But I guess, <laughs> yeah, working with him on Demolition Man, Stallone wanted him for this. Yeah. Um like and the funny thing this is such a not i uh, feels like such a specific 90s thing this is not how a movie of this type would be uh it started today the movie starts focused on rob schneider's character as he's getting out of prison and getting going to his assigned house yeah yeah it doesn't start with the protagonist it starts off with the sidekick uh and then it's like you know straight away, like with, with I'm going to unfortunately bring it up again. The Carl Urban Dread film starts off with actually like a similar way where gang warfare guys shooting off and but and Dread rocks up, but you're under no illusion these are major characters in the movie. The whole time when that movie starts, you're waiting. You're like these guys are going to be so dead when Dread turns up. Yep. This movie does not start that way at all. Uh, it does the the, the very 90s thing, uh, Fifth Element did this, Demolition Man did this. It just seemed to be a, a trope of, of the era where 
it starts off in a way like we want to show off our amazing sets and our practical futuristic vehicles and let you really feel the world before we actually start to tell the story because we put a lot of effort into this. Um, and this this movie does that. It's it's such a nineties thing. Also, James Earl Jones narration. Uh, oh, I know the story yeah. of the world before. Opening like, it up. I forgot That's... that existed. Like, yeah, that opens, no. I'm like, oh, James Earl Jones, this is amazing. Yeah, knowing yeah. full well he wasn't in the rest of the movie. No, no, he uh, just does the narration to the film's opening text call. You know, just going back to Rob Schneider, you know, he wasn't the first choice, and it was it was Stallone that approached him about the part. Do you know who turned it down? Holly Shaw. <laughs> oh my god. You know, I recently rewatched Biodome and I do really genuinely love the movie California Man or Encino Man to most. No, not Paulie Shaw. Wow. Paulie Shaw was a it... tough watch at times back then. If you're gonna rewatch Judge Dredd and Paulie Shaw's in it, holy crap. No. Fortunately, yeah. it's not Paulie Shaw. We got Rob Schneider, but no, the actor that turned it down. Do you know what? You can have one more guess because you're you're nowhere near. Really? Yeah, it's, uh, don't think character. Don't think, don't think Rob Schneider. Oh, That's what you yeah. did to get to Polish Shore. It's nobody like that. Comedy 90s, early 90s. <sighs> it's surely it's not like a Jim Carrey, is it? No, I'm going to tell you. I mean, Jim Carrey, no, this movie was 95. In 94, Jim Carrey had the mask, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura. He was busy. He's, he's not yeah. Jim Carrey. Let me just tell you, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci? When Joe Pesci wow. turns you down, you call Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so other end of the spectrum was it? I mean, I guess he'd done Home Alone, two Home Alones by this point. So he's more in the comedy area than he was in like the Goodfellas casino era. But still, that's like a very different thought process to like, we need a comedy relief character called Joe Pesci. Like, that's not <laughs> where my head goes. I mean, just because Pesci was the first choice didn't mean they were close to getting him. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, but it's interesting that, okay, so that's the starting point. If we can't get Pesci, we want a Pesci type, Stallone. I guess I meant Well, I worked, I worked with this guy, Rob Schneider, on Demolition yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, so weird. Yeah, it's such a weird grab. I guess he just jived with Rob Schneider on Demolition Man. I guess, Maybe. because, you know, Fergie and Dredd have a bit of screen time together. I mean, yeah. he was pretty much just in the precinct, wasn't he, in Demolition Man? It's been a while since I've seen, seen yeah. that. Bloody love yeah, that so, film, though. Yeah, same. So good. Yeah, in fact, given the uh, the vibes of the sci-fi action movie from that decade, like I felt like having as I was finishing this, I'm like, maybe I should load up like Demolition Man. It feels like a great doubleheader, like Judge Dredd and Demolition Man. And now I'm just thinking... Did they do a comic book of Demolition Man? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they did. They do comic books yeah. of most most movies in in the nineties. The um oh the big bad in this Armand Asante as Rico. Yeah, who um he's great. He's got 
great presence. He really uh, very, does. Very New York, very Jersey. Um, but they do a great job. I don't know if it's just he happens to uh, maybe uh, have being a similar like Italian American descent, uh, and his hair, and maybe his uh, physical conditioning at the time. But when you when you find out that they're clones and they kind of stood in in frame together, you're like, you know, with his like the way his hair is styled and his jaw and stuff, like I can kind of get there of like, yeah, I can believe these two were taken from the same like genetic pool. Like they've been given the same contacts, given that those crazy, strange blue eyes, um, and his intensity, like he. You you buy his intensity. It never lets up. Um, he's got a very clear purpose, even though uh, Judge Griffin, for some reason, never cottoned on that this guy couldn't be trusted. He's got his own way of doing doing things. Yeah. Uh, that moron, but typical of someone of that. But he's a backstabbing political animal anyway. Um, yeah, but he's great. Uh, I understand that. I've actually seen him in. What was this very kind of strange, sexualized, kind of naked gun style comedy film from the 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 early nineties, oh, which yeah. was fantastic. I can't, unfortunately can't oh, remember. What is it? Because honestly, I was thinking I can't I can't picture him in in anything else. Naked gun. Yeah, it wasn't and, like top secret or something like that, was it? Ooh. Uh, oh, that might have been eighties actually. Young Val Kilmer. Oh, you know it's called. Fatal Instinct, like Fatal Attraction. It's like ah, a spoof movie. Yes, yes, that's right. That's a um, MGM movie, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I remember that one. I stumbled upon it by accident on like uh, seeing the trailer somewhere and went out of my way to see it. Great film, like very slapstick, very like like satirical, uh, phenomenal, completely different character to this. Yeah. Like So, I mean, he has range. Like he could have, he could have played the Fergie character if he if he wasn't more like physically uh, adept at yeah. playing Rico. But yeah, um, great stuff. So I had seen him in stuff. He's also uh, quickly flicking through his stuff. I'd seen like a lot of these things. He was in some uh, some gangster movies back in the day. He was in the Gotti movie that came out a few years back. But yeah, he's um he's great, and we also. As Judge Fargo, get Max von Sydow, you know, someone who's an actor of great presence. Um, unfortunately, the last thing he was in was Star Wars, which Disney Star Wars is, you know, a thing that is uh, not as sparkly as it was, before, uh, you know, 20 years ago. But yeah, he's great as well. And he's, it really is. You know, I still the like the, what the he helped put the judges together and he, they had a very strong idea and a, like it, it was an extreme reaction given an extreme time and he's thinking like have we gone too far like do we need to back off like this isn't what we were ever planning on being that kind of stuff and it was his idea initially to do the program uh to make judges that were that hardline moral in the in the mold of Dread and dreads the success and Rico's the failure. So they packed up the whole thing, which is the driving force of the movie. 
Um, yeah, and he he's great. He really Amazon is, but you know, great. It's been a while since I've last seen it, and I, I spent most of this movie waiting to find out that he'd betrayed Dread. But no, he's a stand-up guy. He is a stand-up yeah, guy. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, <laughs> he defend he protects Dread by kind of sacrificing his beliefs to because he if a, a retiring senior judge gets a last wish granted. So when Dredd should have gotten the death sentence, he gets to simply send him to prison. Yeah. As a, an act of leniency. Um, which is great. And I forgot Diane Lane was in this. She was not a name actress. No, when this movie came out, and she and she is now, but she's in it. But she's there. She can't. She's mainly. She's just there for the most part. She's fine. Like she's you know she's fine. This I'm guessing it's one of her earlier earlier roles. You know. So quickly, just going back to Max von Sydow. I recently. Did a rewatch of The Exorcist for the first time in many, many years. I didn't know until this most recent viewing. He's the priest, but they've got him in old age makeup. What? No, I have no idea. Yeah, it's That's The Exorcist. You know the you know the famous shot of yeah, you know, getting yeah, out yeah. of the car in front of the building yeah. and the light and all yeah. of that. Honestly, it, it's Max von Sydow, and we've reviewed. Another one of his films, Flash Gordon, Ming the Merciless. Yeah. This guy's got range. Yeah, man, that that's just blown my mind. Like, I haven't obviously I I'm seen right that Exorcist in a long time. <laughs> I hope I'm right. I've said that, but I saw his name in the credits. Like, oh, where is he? And then, yeah, I just didn't realize that old age makeup. Yeah, because he he is 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 in that as the. As the priest, oh man, I'm hoping I've not got that wrong. I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but um, yeah, this this movie. Uh, one thing about the this, this behind the scenes, we see the the cityscape. For this film looks fantastic. Uh, if you're wondering how they did it, it was these days they call it a bigature. And back then, it was still known as a miniature. It the whole city was a model, but this model was in an airplane hangar, uh, the, like the biggest soundstage they had. The buildings were so tall they had to be on uh, ladders to reach to at the top, and each one of the tens of thousands of panes of glass were individually placed oh, and wow. lit. Oh wow! It and took- lit took them months to build that and that's where they use their motion control rigs for the flying more master sequences and anytime they want to do a panning shot of the city they use that as a bigature is what we'd call it these days but this was a massive model city enormous and that was one of the things that like watching the behind the scenes and my mom was like this is incredible like I'll really, I'm like, and thank, and you know, what do they do with all this stuff when they finish the movie? Unfortunately, it ends up in a dumpster somewhere. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like they did big explosions and destroyed these these models. It's just production finishes. It is enormous. Where could you possibly store something like this? Bits and pieces of it were probably taken by members of the crew, but they've got to dump it. They've got to get 
put it in the trash, get just get it rid of it somewhere. They don't they can't be spending rental space on keeping this stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's uh wow. one of the things that sticks to me even to this day. I don't know if any other movies ever quite captured just the sheer attention to detail and size of the cityscape they had to build for those sequences. You know, this is a film that just again I was I said earlier, everyone just points to the Carl Urban Dread film. I think maybe if people have seen this years ago and didn't really take to it then, I reckon people would be pleasantly surprised by this film. Maybe not the story, but you know, the what we were talking about there, like visually, the practical effects. Stallone, although he doesn't sound like he knew who Judge Dredd was, like didn't know that he was a comic character, thought he was making a comedy, misguided, it sounds like. There's really something here with this film. It's dark, there's an edge to it. I mean, tonally, from the beginning of the film. It, it was intended to receive a PG-13 rating in the US. So what's that here? Maybe like an M or a PG in the UK. Yeah. So they were, we're going for something different. Due to excessive violence, the MPAA refused to downgrade the initial R rating despite repeated appeals by the studio and Stallone, mostly because of scheduling constraints. The film could not be recut and was released with an R rating. So there you go. So we've got like very much an adult movie. And I remember in the 90s watching this as a kid. So, I mean, I didn't watch it when it first came out, but I would have been 11 when when this came out. So 13, maybe 14, when I eventually got to watch it, probably on VHS or yeah. on one of the movie channels. But yeah, like this is, you know, a film that's got some grit to it and, and the music as well the score oh, yeah i mean it's, it is alan silvestri but they went through two composers to get to him right originally it was going to be david arnold who i think had worked with danny cannon on a previous film they didn't want arnold then they went to jerry goldsmith I mean, come ah. on, Jerry Goldsmith. And he actually started composing music for the film, but eventually they went to Alan Silvestri. And, I mean, come on, Alan Silvestri, like he's back catalogue. I mean, he's been associated with director Robert Zemeckis since 84. They've done so many films together, Back to the Future films, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, Castaway. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And then you're looking at the other films that Sylvester has composed. Predator, The Abyss, Father of the Bride, Eraser, The Bodyguard. I mean, The Mummy Returns, Lilo and Stitch for Disney. The, the Avengers. Of, the Avengers, yeah, of course. Can you remember, right, early in the MCU, and one of the big criticisms was that the scores were lacking, like... Yeah. If you think like John Williams Superman, Danny Elfman Batman, they were like saying that there's no real sound. There's no signature theme to the heroes, to the Avengers. I mean, come on. Like, and we'd gone past the Avengers at this point, and these criticisms were still being put at the MCU. But then if you think 
Iron Man, ACDC. So they were using music, rock songs, and not necessarily scores. But you go back to 2012, that Avengers theme, they're still using it today. It is yeah. amazing. And that is Alan Silvestri. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I can, I can, as I said, I can understand the, the criticisms from the fans of the comic book uh, and hearing the uh, misguided uh, misunderstanding of Stallone probably doesn't help. Uh, but I've always enjoyed this movie. I can't remember if I would, I don't think I would have seen it at the cinema. I'm pretty sure this would have been a home, like go to the local blockbuster, grab it off the shelf, sit in yeah. front of the TV with a bunch of like, like microwave popcorn and I like just enjoy myself. But yeah, I've always, always had a soft spot for this film. Um, yeah, I, I just enjoy the, the action movies from this era, especially the sci-fi. Cause it was, if it wasn't as common, at least not in film, you would most likely getting it off TV with Star Trek and Alien Nation and Babylon 5 and stuff like that. Yeah, I think um, we're very similar in liking action films from this era, from this decade. I mean, just off air, we're talking about Universal Soldier. <laughs> and I watched that not long after re-watching this. And of course, Universal Soldier, I've seen it many, many times but that's absolutely one that we're going to put on the schedule. We will get to get to that one. One more thing on the music. I didn't know this, and I still haven't listened to this song, but I will. Manic Street Preachers were supposed to compose a song for the film titled Judge Yourself. However, after the disappearance of their band member, Richie Edwards, they chose not to go on with the production and the project was abandoned, but apparently the song was released in 2003. Ah, so obviously not in time for the movie, but apparently the song is out there. Judge yourself that originally was going to be for this film, because again, it was the nineties. They had songs. It was the 90s. They had songs, think Men in Black, 97, Will Smith. It was yeah. the it was the go-to thing, wasn't it? And then clips of the movie would be in the music video. Oh, man, this is just dating us. <laughs> really, really <laughs> aging us. Because it's like you couldn't just go on YouTube now and watch like trailers of things. It's kind of like there'd be a movie coming out. There'd be a music video. You'd have cut scenes of the band it'd show clips on the movie yeah, yeah. uh terminator <laughs> 2 and uh guns and roses shy guy for bad boys oh yeah this sort of thing yeah so there you go i'll have to check out this track but um judge dread if you're gonna rate it out of five yeah i've got a lot of nostalgia for this not gonna lie uh i'm gonna try and temper it down and give it a four out of five but wow, I love the action. I love the one-liners. I love uh, the iconography. I like the uh, the. I, I love all, so much of this. I love the style of the era, um, and the the practical effects that went into making this. Um, and I do think he was a great idea for Judge Dredd. Maybe his behind-the-scenes uh, fiddling. Robbed us of what might have been a, a much better Judge Dredd movie, but I still love this one. Uh, and like I said, it's like watch this, watch Fifth Element, watch 
Demolition Man and I'm in heaven. Like this is yes. like this is a great block for me for like a weekend. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I like it as well. Cause again, like when this first came out, it was very much it was like it was an adult movie. I think it was like a certificate of 15 in the UK. So, you know, watching it and I remember so I would have been again like so younger than 15, but it was just sort of like, oh, this is like this like older, like grittier movie. And yeah, and just knowing Stallone. I've always liked this film as well. Not quite going to come in at a four, but I'm going to come in at a 3.5. I do like this film, and we will get to the Carl Urban Dread movie. But when you've got Stallone, he's got the helmet, he's Dread, and him shouting, I am the law. I mean, that's it, isn't it? That's yeah. just Dread. Like in that moment, Perfect, perfect casting. But behind the scenes, things got a bit muddled. It's not a comedy alone. It's not supposed to be funny. Maybe don't call Rob Schneider next time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lesson learned. Well, that's it for our episode all about Judge Dredd. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or uh, suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon. <laughs>